And you believe that there are some people in this world that did not tune in to the Alliance Vlog Podcast. Shame on you! Shame on you! My name is Ella Indy and I'm one half of the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champion. And I'm Kizzy Page, the other half of the NWA World Women's Tag Team Champion. And you better go listen to the Alliance Vlog, what is it called again? Podcast, period. You're ugly. Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. The merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is... Failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Alliance Guys podcast. A presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jay Cal, and of course, I'm joined by my friends, my pals, my confidants. Uh, both of them are muted, by the way, Jaden and DKM. Jaden, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Can you guys hear me? I can hear you now. All right, sorry, I was having technical difficulties with my phone. I am doing well for a guy who is exhausted. Long day, long day. You, you, we were talking offline that uh, you were uh, starting early and just now getting home. So I appreciate you being here with us tonight. And uh, Mr. DKM, are those tornadoes still flying overhead? Oh, they're somewhere hitting and destroying Dallas at the moment. Who needs Dallas anyways? Well, you know, where all the rich people live, they can afford billions of dollars of damage. Hey, I, I know I've talked about this shirt before, the Alliance Fantasy shirt, but guess what came in the mail today for your boy, J-Cal? I got it in green for St. Patrick's Day, which is tomorrow. But uh, I love it, man. What do you guys think? Is this a shirt that you would wear? It's a shirt I'd wear. I don't know about green, but maybe. Oh, that's the great thing, guys. It it comes in more colors than just green. It comes What are those colors, Jay? It comes in uh black, heather gray, green, purple, and royal blue. I prefer Penelope Gray. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have Penelope Gray. I don't I don't even think I know what Penelope Gray is. I don't know what Heather. One of the Heathers. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the weirdest thing. That's a new phrase to me. But uh, ever since we've been in a t-shirt selling business, uh, that's just a, a color that exists. I guess. I guess it's like the. Um, it's not 
100% gray. It's got like speckles in it, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, our boy Jeremy is here. Uh, Jeremy from Wrestling with the MMA and also the other Alliance guys. I sat down with him earlier this week and we talked a little bit of wrestling. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, uh, head over to Wrestling with the MMA's uh, video page so you guys can hear uh, some uh, exclusive comments from your boy J. Cal. And then uh, lastly, uh, man, I sure do love Dubby. Dubby's the best. Why do you love Dubby? Because, you know what, honestly, and, and this sounds dumb, but, like, I drink a ton of energy drinks. Uh, I used to do a lot of the monster energy drinks. I was drinking Bang, which is, like, 200 milligrams of caffeine. I was drinking. I didn't know you would drink Bang, but okay, sure. Yeah, uh, there's also Rain, which I really enjoyed Rain as well. A lot of caffeine in that. Um, and and I was finding myself, anytime I would drink these energy drinks, I'd get very uh, anxious and very shaky towards the end of the day. Uh, with Dubby, I don't experience any shake. And I also don't have any brain fog, which is something that uh, the other energy drinks would leave me with. And I, you know, I still occasionally will have like a ZOA, which is like the rocks energy drink or Celsius, but none of them seem to make me uh, feel as awake as Dubby. So that's my little endorsement for uh, Dubby. Wait a minute. Okay, never mind. No, you were going to say something. Say it. I can't. I forgot what I was referring <laughs> Maybe DK could use some of those nootropics that W has to help improve his memory. Nootropics. That's a, that's a great word, man. I wish I could learn how to pronounce that. It's easier than Kahagas and Sumi Sakai and uh, other words you can't pronounce. Yeah. Uh, hey, next week, after this podcast next week, I'm going to be in New Jersey. I'm going to be joining... Hopefully, uh, I, I believe Dave Scooby will be joining me. Uh, I know Tim from uh, almost at NWA Gold. The Alliance Gold will be joining me. Rick Del Santo from the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast will be joining me. We're all heading to New Jersey in rustic Glassboro, New Jersey, to see a, a huge dog event that's headlined by our boy Busky challenging uh, 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 for the WWGP title. And I can't remember the champion's name at the moment. I'm sure Chris Steeler won't appreciate you for getting his name. He won't because he's been on the podcast before, and I really do like him a lot. I wanted to say Chris Martin. I'm like, no, that's Coldplay. I know that's not right. It's Eric Martin. That's why. Oh, see, I, I mixed it together. Uh, Conflated them. There's a big word. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's some chicanery right that's there. That's what he normally does. He normally inflates things. Not inflate, conflate, but no, he he's normally full, inflates. But you're saying he's full of hot air. No, you're saying that. I'm just not disagreeing with you. <laughs> All right. Well, it's always fun to be insulted on my own podcast. I I, I cherish these moments. Thank you, would gentlemen. You rather, would you rather be insulted on our, my podcast? <laughs> yes, yes, I would. Hey, I want to say what's up to our boy Dodie. Uh, sorry about the time change. Dodie missed the pre-party last week, and uh, so, so, uh, but he got it here. He got here today, so I'm happy to see you. Um, Go Dodie. So uh, we got a lot of our pals here in the chat, but uh, first thing, let's talk about Derby City Wrestling. Derby City Wrestling is the new uh, venture from the United Wrestling Network, David Marquez and company. Um, they're going to be promoting a show uh, 
event, uh, March the 26th in Kentucky. They already have a world title match scheduled. Uh, Danny Limelight will be taking Rocco, taking on Rocco Bellagio. Um, this is the same promotion that will be using uh, guys like uh, the Pope and uh, a lot of the talents that you've seen in championship wrestling from Hollywood in the past. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure exactly when they'll debut on television, uh, but it's something that I think is pretty exciting. And it's another market where the United Wrestling Network is, is setting up shop. Um, you know, previously they had efforts in Atlanta, Arizona, even here in my own backyard in California. Uh, currently, they're not on the air in Los Angeles, which is kind of odd because for, you know, for a good uh, a good 10 years, they were on KDOC Channel 56. But that uh, channel was actually sold and converted to a, uh, a, a religious channel, which no longer obviously features pro wrestling. So, uh uh, Dave has been, uh, you know, tweeting out smoke signals and, and posting on Facebook about potentially uh, the show coming back to the Los Angeles market. I'm excited about that because currently I watch it on the Memphis YouTube channel, but uh, uh, it'd be nice to see it on regular TV again. So that makes three big markets for the United Wrestling Network in Memphis. Uh, and, and obviously they're doing the Los Angeles show that airs. Well, I say Los Angeles show. I, I should just call it the Championship Wrestling from Car Shield, or presented by Car Shield, uh, which airs in multiple markets, and of course Derby City. That's uh, going to be starting off in Kentucky. Um, you know, Jane is somebody who needs sleep, but also knows a, a lot about television. You, you know, this is a this is a kind of a groundswell movement, a, a smaller organization. They don't they're not getting big money contracts from like. A, you know, the cable networks or even like the, the, the uh, regional uh, TV channels, they're, they're doing it like on the backs of the smaller mom and pop TV channels. Do you think that's a good formula for success? The grassroots movement of professional wrestling is what revigorated professional wrestling in the past. Remember originally pro wrestling started as a network show when yeah. there was yeah. two networks, I believe at the time, <laughs> You had a choice. You know, you either watch wrestling or you didn't watch wrestling. It's all your choices. <laughs> uh, but when the UHF stations came along and smaller independent stations and stuff like that came along, pro wrestling was a excellent medium for the television and getting anywhere usually end up bringing ratings. Anytime you can get your eyeballs out there for free, especially, is really useful. So if there is a small independent station that is able to broadcast for free something you can see and you have the ability to get your program on there, that's a huge step in the right direction. No matter what, you know, people are always coming streaming is the, 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 the future, streaming is the future. Yes, but it isn't the present. There needs to be a lot of changes truly in both habits and the way streaming is to really, really make streaming a viable option for getting out to the masses right now though television is even though it is a medium many people consider a dying medium getting yourself on television is a great way to get your name out there now you just have to find a way to get those eyeballs onto your program and i think that's the next logical step they need to find a way to not only put on a program somebody wants to watch but get to the fact that that need that it's on the air you could have John Cena, The Rock, uh, 
uh, the biggest stars in the world, but if nobody knows where your program is, they're not going to watch it. Same thing if you don't give them something that they deserve and want to watch, they're not going to end up watching it. So that's their next step. But I think it's still right now a fundamental and important step that they're taking to get their name out there. And they're running similar business model to what the old NWA would have been doing. Now, DK, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how, uh, just like Jaden said, streaming services aren't here yet. You kind of pointed out, like, that's not really a viable marketplace right now as it stands. Do you think that the route that uh, United Wrestling Network is going is is the right direction? Or, or what do you think? You know, it's so tricky. I'm not going to say it's the wrong direction, but it's what's your goal. Because, I mean, if your goal is to get eyeballs on a show and then let the show pay for itself and pay for the thing, then sure, that's good. But you'll probably never, you're never going to pull mass numbers like they used to. And part of the reason you're never going to pull mass numbers like they used to is because we don't do things like they used to. Remember the high-rated... TBS show, the high-rated Memphis show, they sold something. They were infomercials. They were infomercials before infomercials. Their their job was to sell you to come out and watch the shows. And so that's where you got the the promos. They didn't do promos at the, you know, Omni. They didn't do promos at you know, the gardens, they did promos on the show. That's where they, that's where they talked you into the building. Once you're into the building, you're there, you're spending your money. And so that was their goal and the goal, you know, so right now, if I want to see a wrestling show, sure. The best way to do it is to get it out there on TV somewhere where you can get eyeballs. I mean, I've, I've watched almost nothing on YouTube except for the NWA, and that's only because it's about the only place I can see the NWA. And so that's where I watch it because I have a connection to the brand. If I didn't have a connection to the brand, I won't, you know, I rarely watch MLW. When the when they have their TV appearances, I watch them and record them, but I when they're just a YouTube show. I may wait and hear how things are going, and I may go watch a match, but I don't sit down and watch an MLW show on YouTube, so to speak. Right. I'm more inclined to watch, you know, championship wrestling presented by Car Shield because I can record that on one of the cable channels I get, and or direct TV channels, or whatever you want to call it. And... Uh, you know, I can sit there and watch it. Now, you know, it takes me about 30 minutes to watch an hour show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of that's fast-forwarding through commercials and fast-forwarding through something that I just find to be crap. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a 45-minute show without commercials. So, like, for you to get through it in 30 minutes, you know, even on a good day, even if it's a great program, that, that doesn't surprise me because, like I said, you fast-forward through the commercials and, you know... uh there's always going to be content that doesn't necessarily like uh, appeal to you. Um, I guess one of the things that I'm curious about is 
Uh, you know, this is a model, obviously, that Dave Marquez has been trying to perfect for maybe 15 years now. Uh, you know, we started off with NWA Hollywood Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, they they tried it in Arizona with limited success, uh, but they still run that program in the Arizona market. They tried it in Atlanta uh, with not a lot of success. Uh, they were starting to um, kind of do uh, original content. Uh, but uh, with a, a uh, distinction with local hosts in the local market. So like in Florida, they had uh, a program where they had a local host there. I believe it was actually Bulletproof Troop who was hosting that for some time. And then uh, in, in Northern California, they had a more centralized host. And then in Texas, they had a, a centralized host, like I think in Houston. And of course, Memphis started off that way as well before it became a full-fledged wrestling promotion. And I, I, I guess my question is to both of you guys is, is the NWA missing out by not trying to run uh, in a local market somewhere, whether it be Nashville or St. Louis or, you know, in, in, in the places where they seem to be running consistently? Would it make sense for them to put power on a local television market uh, if, if that's an area that they continuously run? I'm going to take this on this one. Uh, based on what power is now, no. Okay. Here's the thing. I like the idea of an independent um, programming on there instead of having the championship wrestling programming on different stations. Like they have a, like a unique programming. So if they were going to do something in those markets, they needed a unique in those markets. The reason being is I don't believe the championship wrestling aesthetic and style would work here in the Northeast, which is probably why it's not on any programming here on the Northeast. Um, it is too polished. It's too Hollywood. I will actually use that term. Okay. Um, it doesn't look like a struggle it doesn't look real and a lot of programs unfortunately television programs have gone that way especially in that area so i don't think it would particularly work in um in the you know say the northeast area but i think danny limelight could so yeah. if they bring danny limelight as champion and they have their own independent part of the promotion with the nwa no longer being an alliance of promotions i don't think it will help as much because the idea is you're trying to create synergy between your television program and the live attendance. The people that are going to come to there, I don't think many of them will find the NWA product. The people that are watching the NWA now is almost their glass ceiling, with small exceptions, I believe, based on their current television trajectory. I don't think the current product is going to put a lot of eyeballs to people who aren't wanting to watch wrestling or wanting to watch the NWA. So, again, they would have to make it unique, but then how is that going to help them bring the NWA to those particular uh, areas with the product that they're currently bringing out there? Huh. that makes sense? Yeah, well, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a... Go ahead, DK. I think the key there is... If I'm going to go, like, let's say I want to go find a station in Nashville to get on. Okay. The only way that's really going to benefit me is if I start running Nashville on a regular basis. 
Yeah. Because then I'm using the show to hype the Nashville card, and I'm using the show to hype the pay-per-view that's coming up. And so that's, if I can do that, then sure. Get on a local station, you're going to get more people on the local station than you are going through YouTube. You know, who, who could show up and pay to go in. Uh, the problem is how many people do I actually need to show up to pay? You know, that, you know, that's, that's the next trick. So then I got to put out a product that's good enough to, for however long I run how you know, whatever the time is in between that I can bring in enough people. Is it 200, 300, 400, a thousand, you know, you know, what do I need to bring in every, I'll use a lot more, every three weeks. What do I need to bring in every three weeks to put a show on in Nashville that will, uh, a house show, so to speak. Yeah. You know, a house show in Nashville so that it can do it. And then can I parlay that into, uh, you know, occasional spot shows? I mean, really the one formula nobody really tries is the one that worked back in those days which is when national TV went out, that's when the territories formed. And so that's when it's like, you know, I'm putting on a local TV show so I can sell tickets to, to people. And that's my goal. And everyone now they've gotten to the point of thinking, well, the goal is just to have TV because that's where WWE's moved, and that's where where AEW is, and that's you know kind of where Impact and other places are. But you know those places succeeded because they were able to draw local people in on a consistent basis by being the. Now, of course, there were some antitrust issues that probably happened a lot, but you know that there weren't forty different independent promoters and. When you pissed off a wrestler, he couldn't just walk down the street and start another promotion. Yeah. Some tried. Some <laughs> tried. Yeah. But not, you know, wasn't easily done. Whereas today, you know, in a lot of these states, any, you know, Jay Jaden or DKM can start a show three blocks from each other. Yeah. That's, That's why Dog runs events because everybody else runs shows. Exactly. <laughs> So, so anyway, my point is, if you could get somewhere where it's underserved and you could actually, you know, produce shows and then use your TV show to sell your, your house show, then you're in a better spot. Speaking of underserved, so I got bored uh, this week and while I was at uh, my nine to five job, I started looking at... Um, the last time a champion defended a title in the state, I guess it's kind of a w- vague way of saying, I looked to see when was the last time a world champion defended a title in a particular state. So like uh Pori Hemplo um, in Alabama, the last time the 10 pounds of gold was defended in Alabama was Adam Pierce defending against Ace Heaven in Piedmont, Alabama in 2011. And just just for giggles, I kind of looked to see like 
you know, who, who was the last time, who was the last champion to defend in Connecticut? It was Christian Cage defending against Samoa Joe in Bristol in 2007. And there are some cities uh, that have, haven't had a world's heavyweight title match. Like I, I got all the way to the 86 and there were some States that didn't have uh, a title match. Like Delaware has never had, at least going back to 1986, hadn't had an NWA world's heavyweight title match. Idaho, hasn't had an NWA World's Heavyweight title match. Maine hasn't had a NWA World's Heavyweight title match. Uh, and that's even weird to me because On Fire was in Maine and they and they never uh they never booked the world's heavyweight champion. Montana, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Dakota, and Wyoming were all places that haven't had a world's heavyweight title match. And do you think like in a market like I don't know, Rhode Island, if they ran, uh, if the NWA had ran a wrestling show there, I mean, do you think that they would do well or do you think it would just be another show? Delaware. You know what Delaware has? NASCAR. You know what else that Delaware has? What's that? I don't know. I was hoping you would tell me. (laughs) Taxes, no taxes and the tax-free shopping. That's what they got to have. I mean, when you go back and you look at the day, back in the day, of course, the areas you're talking about were AWA and yeah, WWWF uh, dominated areas. So, <laughs> you know, Cody yeah. has a good point. Who's watching wrestling in Wyoming, anyways? Well, Cowboys, that too. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming and its population of 502,000 or something like that. And by the way, I'm not far off. That's, Eric Bischoff. That's not a joke. That's uh, your, that's where he lives too, huh? Bischoff does live in Wyoming. I yeah. believe so, yeah. Yeah. And Harrison he's probably, Ford. He's probably the only one watching, man. <laughs> well, it's uh, just, you know, uh, could today's NWA go run the show there? I don't know because I don't know what they have as competition for wrestling and but again you're not there how many people from delaware watch the youtube show yeah that's a great question right you see and that's, and, and that's a problem if you get if you go even when they have really good numbers of a hundred thousand people watch the show where are they i mean how many are even in the united states that's a good. That's another great question. I I'm actually looking at the. Uh, I, I I referenced this before. Social Blade on um, that covers like their YouTube channel, and it tells you how many people have watched uh, like each episode. And there's a huge jump between the Saturday shows, including the uh, uh, pre-shows for the pay-per-views, and their regular um, the Power episode. So like, uh, you know, this week's Power which just aired a couple of days ago, Tuesday, already is at 22,000 people who have, have viewed it, where uh, this last week's power surge uh, on USA, USA surge, whatever they want to call it, 14,000 people saw it. EC3's uh, match last week had 70,000 views, and then the, um, the, uh, the, the USA episode before, 25 you know, Bully Ray versus Mike Knox uh, to see if Bully gets a match against Cardona. 40,000 views. Uh, the match with uh, 
Alonzo and I think it was um, uh, PJ Hawk on USA, 18,000, almost 19,000 views. So that you can see like there's a huge jump between their power and USA numbers. But even then, like it doesn't, you, you know, I, I'm sure if, if they dive into the analytic, they can find those numbers. Uh, but in terms of like what's available for public consumption, it doesn't show you like uh, how many what? people are are watching or where they're coming from. You want to hear some interesting stats? Always. In Laurel, Delaware, where the Briscoe brothers were from, apparently they must have had a really high wrestling population because they were celebrities in their town because of professional wrestling. And their father, probably, because he was kind of of infamous in that town, too. Yeah. But yeah, the Briscoe brothers were celebrities in Laurel, Delaware because of the Briscoe brothers and, and stuff like that. So they, they, they were professional wrestling fans in Laurel, Delaware. Probably more people watched the lowest rated, um, uh, NWA USA on YouTube that live in Laurel, Delaware. In fact, I guarantee that I've been to that area. They have more chickens than people. <laughs> Sorry. That was funny to me. And a lot of more of the Briscoes. Yeah. And they were on by the Briscoes. But still, they were. Um, that still tells you right then and there that I think the. Here's the thing: nobody ever, nobody ever, dislikes pro wrestling if they were fans. You're never, never, never not a fan of pro wrestling. The problem is you're just not a fan of the pro wrestling they're currently promoting out there. But if you can get some of those people that used to like wrestling and put something they want to see, or even hell, something that somebody in that town wants to see. You can grab you can grab people, you know. It's it, when Rowan University is in full, in in in, you know, like people are going there and it's during the school year. There's more people that go to that live in Glassboro than are watching the NWA. So, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I get that too. Uh, yeah, at least the at least NWA USA. I don't mean that maybe not the NWA power, but NWA USA. There's, when Rowan's in there, more people are, go to Glass or live in Glassboro than are watching NWA USA. But they're not all going to the dangerous journal wrestling gladiator events. I think Dr. Zaccone would have a, a conniption if, if 1% of Glassboro was, eh, probably that's about what comes, honestly. But you just have to get that population out there. There is people that always will love wrestling. And the problem is they just don't love the wrestling that they're currently getting. So give them uh, something that they want, they'll come. If yeah. you build it, they will come. Let me jump to some of the comments because uh, some of them are funny. Uh, Luther says, NWA needs a captive audience by gunpoint if need be. Uh, Doty uh, says, Northeast, keep the impenetrable area for the NWA event during their heyday. And to think the Northeast probably is the biggest market. Uh, Luther says, go to Nebraska. Their state motto is, I don't know, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Willie says the Northeast has been punished by having to be subjected to only the WWF, WWE being on their TV sets. Doty says, as a history aficionado, my ideal form of the NWA, if they can stand strong again, is the Midwest Central States area, their founding territories. And and there is some truth to that. Just uh, and, and just to kind of uh, give you guys uh, a look behind the scenes here at the Alliance blog, um, obviously we don't have the same viewer count as the NWA, but I'm I just as I'm on the analytic of our YouTube channel, 
I can see where the views are coming mostly from. Like 11% of our audience is from California. 10% of our audience is from Texas. Uh, 7.8% of our audience is from New York. 7% of our audience is from Florida. You know, and it's like uh, this, it kind of cracks me up because I don't see anybody in the chat from New York or Florida, but uh, apparently that's where it is. And again, uh, we won't talk into the other statistics, but uh, yeah, like, uh, let me see. Let's let's see what our top cities are. How many from Laurel, Delaware? None. I actually looked up Delaware. There's zero. Uh, our, our biggest cities, New York, Los Angeles, Dallas, Chicago, Houston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Miami, Austin, Charlotte, Orlando. Oh, hey, Baltimore showed up. Phoenix, Denver, San Francisco, Boston, Nashville, Seattle, Detroit, Las Vegas, San Diego. Wow, we actually have a lot from Mexico City, too. Interesting. All right, I bet well, you it's those lucha things you post. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. Those The the first time I posted the match from the uh, the Lucha Libre show in the crash with uh, with uh, uh, Andrade, that that video had over 50,000 views and when the when i went to the comment section everything was in spanish i was like uh oh uh i can't respond to these because i just don't know what they are Dodi asked what is the percentage from jakarta which i know that's where uh he is from and i'm sorry but you don't you don't jump up on the map there my friend which is crazy because i know Dodi watches a lot of our content uh yeah, like Monterey, Mexico, <laughs> Delhi, uh, India, Delhi, Kochi, India, um, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Moscow, Kuala Lumpur. You got people from Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, very like it's less than one percent, but yeah. Dodi, your new object now is to make your home area the number one most watched on all of uh, YouTube for the Alliance guys. You have to now some, find some way to increase that pop, the viewership in that area. Well, and, you know, Actually, I challenge of, that to all of you. And all right, a, sure. Yeah. And, well, everyone just jumped off the channel too, I guess. I offended somebody because we just lost a big chunk of the audience. Uh, but those are also, also mostly the short views as well. Um, you know, the, which is at this point where majority of our views are coming from are the shorts. So, all right, well, that's enough behind the scenes. I guess we're we'll not start wearing their shorts more often. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I do want to add a little bit that doesn't have specifically to do with uh, YouTube, but just wrestling in general, which is one of the things that we also have to remember is one of the things that's gotten lost is that regions had their own styles and their own type of fans. You know, Tennessee was different than Texas. Texas was different than Florida. Florida was different than Georgia. Mid-Atlantic had a lot of, you know, tag team wrestling. You know, Texas worked a lot more snug than most promotions. Uh, Memphis was a lot more bloody than most promotions. Yeah, that's true. And, and it, you're right about that. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. So, you know... If you're going to be in an area, you're going to have to adapt to that area. Jade and I were once watching uh, when Brian Vitas was wrestling in 
a Mid-Atlantic. And Jaden goes, you know, he doesn't wrestle the same as he did when he was in Texas. I said, no, you know, he adapted for the area he was in. Yeah. I think that's something that's lost today. Um, And that's probably, again, what I was mentioning earlier about championship wrestling. I don't think the Hollywood style would work in the Northeast because of what we generally have seen and what we like over here. And that's fair. I mean, like, look, that's totally fair. They they did their main event in Mesa, Arizona with Eddie Kingston uh, versus Danny Limelight. And I think that match would have done well in the Northeast. They also did Alexander Hammerstone versus Ortiz from AE, well, formerly of AEW, formerly of LAX. And that was a really fun match as well. They also did Davey Richards versus Kevin Martinson, which was a lot of fun. And I think if you did put that match in the, that show in particular in the Northeast, I think those matches would be um, well-regarded. But uh, again, you know, just seeing like some of the comments, uh, what Doty said was like, I'm a diehard NWA forever fan, but I hate to say it with the current product, I can't sell the NWA to local fans. And that's, and that's, I mean, that's, you just kind of hit the nail on the head. That's, that's all of wrestling, really. And so, I mean, if I had to say something about the NWA, if I could give the NWA one piece of advice right now that there would at least be a chance that they would listen to, it would be wear sunscreen. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I don't know why. I knew it. I was waiting for the perfect opportunity. You know, Figure out who you are, because I don't get a sense. I mean, almost every booking, I mean, not booking, taping thing, it's almost like it may or may not be related to the one before. You know, you got to, and, you know, things do matter. Tyrus as a champion does matter. Tyrus would not be world champion anywhere else. Willie Willie points out it's the booking and the state puff marshmallow man has the 10 pounds of gold. These are drawbacks. Doty says Tyrus is just the tip of the iceberg with or without him. There's still much to be desired from current booking. And and, and just as you know, as a point, like on the show, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, but they were mentioning how Tom Latimer, you know, this was his first title defense and they, they were kind of celebrating that it was a big deal. This is his first of, you know, hopefully seven that'll lead him to a world title match. And, something velvet said that kind of irked me she was like well he's already proved that he's a fighting champion wait has he this is his first match how is he a fighting champion like it's just stuff like that it's like you know don't try to sell me something that isn't actually happened yet now i know that uh uh we we do know that tom latimer had a title match you know title match outside of the nwa but they're not going to count that on tv they're not going to recognize that as part of the best of seven you know he's going to continue on uh with only the victories in the nwa counting towards that world title match but it's it's there's inconsistency the storytelling sometimes just isn't accurate uh but uh yeah that's that's more for later yeah i also wanted to say somewhere willie bowen mentioned earlier um Yes, the WWF was in the Northeast, but we also, during the 80s, we had two different AWA programs. We had everything that was on ESPN, like the Legends of World Class, and then the AWA on Friday, and then later the uh, Memphis and USWA. We had 
championship wrestling. We had the Dusty Rhodes version of of championship wrestling from Florida. What was it, FCW or something like that? Um, we had ICW, which was the Savoldis. We had a promotion called the UWA up in uh, North Jersey that was promoted in our South Philly area. Uh, we had, um, if I remember, we had 23 and one half hour unique professional wrestling programs. Wow. On at in one week in New Jersey where I lived. Did Corley? It was a glory days. I never got. I watched it all. And didn't didn't miss any of it. And even Glow, I was watching, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Now, there's all this programming. WWE has all these hours, and I watched none of it. Let, did Corluzo have television in the early '90s, like '95, '96? No. no. Did he ever have TV at all? No. So he was just a live event guy. Just a live event guy. There was very briefly. On Channel 5, it was called the cable system, it was kind of called Store Cable. It was before Comcast bought everything up. Uh-huh. There was a WWA promotion run by Larry Sharp that occasionally would have some of their matches broadcast on Channel 5. And then they had this wrestling rap program, which was basically Larry Sharp interviewing people. And sometimes it was local celebrities and sometimes it was wrestling related. It was horrible to watch. I remember <laughs> watching it, even I still watched it back then. And the reason I just say that is because Larry Sharp had an association at the time with Dennis Carluzzo. Uh, that's about as close as it came because it wasn't actually at the Carluzzo promotions or anything like that. It was just the Monster Factory. Okay. But that's that's the closest anything Carluzzo had to television. We we had he, he would talk about it from time to time about how he was going to get television. Sure, but everybody yeah. and their mother was trying to get TV and wrestling back then. And, even right. the people that had it were like, why? Well, let's skip forward from that talk because that was an interesting conversation, but I do want to keep moving along. Uh, we we just saw uh, last night, or yeah, I guess it was last night on AEW, um, uh, Taya Valkyrie made her debut, you know, not in ring, but showed up. And, and now we know that Taya Valkyrie has well, signed. <laughs> Yeah, okay, just she wasn't wrestling is what I mean. But Ty Valkyrie, who still currently an Impact Tag Team Champion, still currently an MLW Featherweight Champion, and as of this uh, podcast right now, she's still in the hunt for the NWA Women's Television title. I believe her and Max the Impaler will have a match leading up to uh, 3-1-2 to determine who will face Kenzie Page at that pay-per-view. But, uh, you know, this is the second signing that the uh, that the – AEW has done recently that has impacted, no pun intended, the National Wrestling Alliance. Of course, uh, they just signed Ashley D'Ambois recently, uh, you know, just a couple weeks back, and now with Taya Valkyrie uh, going towards that direction, heading up to AEW. Is this is uh, is this a bad sign for the NWA DKM? Is there something that the end like? Is this now the time where Billy needs to start locking up some more of this talent under contract? I don't, it's hard to say. I mean, it's always bad when people who you're got up in the mix leave. Right. Abruptly and stuff like that. You know, it's not like back in the days when you could just, you know, write them out or send them off or, you know, they do the, do the job on the way out of town or if they just. I'm on a tradition. Yeah. Or if they just walked out, you know, you could say they got beat up in the parking lot or. 
you know, so they were scared to fight Bruiser Brody. out of uh, Florida. He ran out of a cage at least. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, you know, Ron Garvin, when he walked out on uh, NWA Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, you know, they said that Dusty caught him in a parking lot and we won't be seeing him no more or whatever. And just something like that. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just hard. And you hard because you know, it's these people going from this, you know, let's kind of be honest, this kind of rinky dink product to one of the major ones. Now I don't, I haven't really kept up. So I don't know is Taya signed with AEW or have they brought her in to do a program? Well, they, they, you know, they flashed the graphic on Twitter and Tony Khan congratulated her on AEW. So, okay, good. I mean, I just, I didn't know. I was, so I was curious, you know, a lot of people had thought Jeff Cobb had joined when he made his appearance, but he was just brought in for a program. Dodie brings up a good point. He says, Taya and Kylan are gone. Now give me Debbie Malenko back. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they if they did bring back Debbie Malenko, there's a good chance she's not going anywhere else. Um, is Jaden? Is there any uh, solid female talent that's out there that's been untapped, like that the NWA can look to? I mean, they've previously in the in the past had that relationship with Mission Pro, and we're bringing in uh, some of the talent that we're working there, like Genocide, uh, Natalia Markova, the the. Um, Kylan King was working with Mission Pro. In fact, they even had the Renegade Twins, who are former Mission Pro Tag Team Champions. Maddie, who's half the Tag Team Champions now with uh, Misa Kate, is also uh, a product from Mission Pro. So do, do you think there's a promotion out there that the NWA could tap to, to maybe have an influx of women? Because, I mean, with a, with a women's world championship, tag team titles, and now a television title – and they're losing a lot of their resources to bigger promotions. It seems like now more than ever, they need some more uh, people to fill the roster. If you look around, you can find a lot of zirconium in the rough to steal a Dr. Z uh, <laughs> phrase. Um, Christina Marie, uh, she recently wrote about the Rowan event. She has a good look and a good work ethic and a good amount of talent. And she's a personality, charisma. <laughs> She's from uh, the Rochester, New York area, somewhere up in the north, 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 northeast. Um, she would be excellent addition for the the um, for the NWA. Um, if you on the Apple TV, the Monster Factory is going to have like a television show slash documentary coming out that's going to be like an episodic one. If you look at Mimi. Um, she also wrestled for Danger John Wrestling Ladder. Make sure you check out her matches on YouTube and, and stuff like that. Uh, she has a good look. She has a marketable look. She worked with WWE for NXT for a while under the name Sloan Jacobs. Uh, she could potentially be something I think the NWA should be looking for. There's talent out there. Uh, the vivacious Vic- Victoria's Vicky, whatever her, the five V's were in her name. Um, <laughs> She's another one with a lot of personality that I think would be really strong in the NWA. You know, yeah, she's she got a lot of personality. You know, she's good in the ring, but she's got like a persona that's like I know it's hard to say, but like a Jersey Shore style Italian princess from New Jersey that I think would really work well in the NWA as a heel. 
there is talent out there. The problem is they don't have anybody out there truly scouting. Um, hey, Wrecking Ball, if you're listening to this program, tell them about Christina Marie. You worked with her at the Rowan event. I think you can tell her that she's a good talent. But there is talent out there. You just have to find a good scouting agent. All right, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a big hockey fan. And you can always tell who has the best scouts because they're the people that are finding hockey players in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round that are steals that are, you know, at least good second, at good um, third line or fourth liners, bottom six, you know, talent that really make out the the hockey teams and stuff like that. They have good pro scouts that are also scouting other teams' minor league players, and their players aren't quite making it for looking for something to improve. Uh, right now, though, it's if they're looking for names, their only way they're really going to get any names now is if they sign up from Impact or if the WWE signs them down and, and they get them before the AEW does. And, that, and one thing that I think like right now, Taya Valkyrie, do you have the choice of, of being featured a lot on the NWA and nobody's seeing you because nobody watches it? Or do you have the chance of making big money and... Um, wrestling for AEW when nobody will see you because they never put you on TV. So yeah. I guess that's the options you have right now, but I guess the bottom line is what the paycheck is. Maybe the NWA is not paying her paycheck. Yeah, and I mean, that's something we have to uh, we have to be wary of. Like, look, um, and, and Dodie just said it in the comments, uh, Ty enjoyed working for the NWA. She, she posted, like, thanks for the NWA and MLW and Impact. Uh, but Dodie says he likes the idea of the NWA becoming kind of like a, uh, uh, you know, a stopgap in between, you know, from one promotion to the next. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way, at all. I think, I think, in fact, well, it, it depends on how much you're willing to put into that person. Now, so far, Ty Valkyrie was used to kind of enhance uh, Camille's world championship reign. I don't think that that's a problem at all. In fact, I think that, if anything, it helped uh, make. Uh, it helped to make uh, Camille a more bigger deal because she had, you know, she had victories over, uh, you know, the AAA Reina, the Reina's champion, a former highly touted WWE prospect, uh, a, a former Impact Women's World Champion. And, you know, Taya is very, uh, a very competitive, very competent pro wrestler. I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up uh, within AEW and beats Jade Cargill. And I also wouldn't be surprised if she, uh, it's used in a similar role to put Jade Cargill over her too. Uh, neither right. would actually surprise me. Well, Jade Cargill needs to lose. She's becoming well. She always has been. Never mind. Uh, you know, look. This kind of goes back to something you said at the beginning, which is, does he need to open his pocketbook and start signing people and things like that? And the answer is. Billy, to me, never seems like he actually has a plan. I keep hearing about the 20-year plan, and, you know, I say there's no such thing as a 20-year plan. There's 20-year vision, 20-year goals, 20-year whatever. There's no 20-year plan. And it, sometimes it just doesn't seem like he actually has a plan. So you got to look at these wrestlers, and you have to go, you know, if I'm looking and I go, Ty Valkyrie, I go, I could get two years out of her you know, then I need to be able to say, you know, Ty, come work for me. Don't go to MLW win their featherweight championship. Don't hold the impact championship because I'm going to pay you enough to make it 
the difference. You can go work any indie you want to. But, you know, don't work these places that have TV or have, you know, other shows that are competitive to us. And and you can work AAA in Mexico anytime you want. But I'm going to pay you here. And, you know, maybe with that, you're, you know, that she is a person that's going to get a world title reign and something like that. I'm not saying that has to be. I don't agree that should ever be part of a deal. Yes, I'll sign with you, but I have to hold the world title five times before I'll sign with you. <laughs> not that type of BS. But I do think that there's a, you know, you have to look at a person and go, you know, can they add value for a period of time that I'm willing to sign them for and then reevaluate afterwards? And, you know, and sometimes you do need to let people go. I mean, I think we saw that with Molina. You got all you're going to get out of Molina. Yeah. You know, uh, her WWE appearance, whether it was an accident or planned, was horrible. You know, she lost <laughs> five seconds. And, you know, just there comes a point where you got to go, okay, it's time to cut the, you know, you know, cut the strings here, cut the losses. And well, then, but but you have to have a plan for them. And, you know, who, and, but you can't be so tied to the plan. You can't do like. Uh, Improvision. <laughs> well, you know, like they said, Tony Khan had the first four world champions planned out. Yeah. And he, and he went with that plan, even though I probably would have put Brian Daniel in ahead of uh, Adam Page. Who they may champion and book terribly and <laughs> book terribly before being champion, and then they, they didn't help him. the championship reign. They booked him terribly before he was champion, and then they booked him terribly as champion. And he never got over as somebody who was world champion quality. Yeah, I mean, you, you just had a hard time buying them. You know, maybe he should have thrown tequila in some kid's face. I don't know. But, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, and again, we talked about this. He needs to stop trying to be so organic. Well, who did the fans like this week? No, no, no. We saw who, which way the fans gravitate towards the wrestlers. Now put them in that role and let them go and keep them and stop booking heel versus heel and then face versus face. Yeah. And, and say, well, I, you know, I want to see how they go. I can't get emotionally invested that way. Again, what made Tommy Rich Buzz Sawyer one of the hottest feuds ever? The fans hated Buzz Sawyer and they loved Tommy Rich. What made the Freebirds Von Erics the top feud of all time? Fans hated the Freebirds and the, they respected them, but they hated them. And they loved the Von Erics. When you go back and you look at all the feuds, they loved Hogan. They hated Piper. You know, that's that's where the money is. The money's in that emotion. So when you go out there, and I don't know this week whether I'm supposed to cheer or boo sign on Otison or whoever. Real, real quick, by the way, I uh, hate to interrupt your momentum, but did you see Brady Pierce of the Spectaculars? Uh, was casted to be Michael P.S. Hayes, and I, and and our and our boy 
our boy uh uh Silas Mason, the thrillbilly is gonna be Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Well, that certainly works. That's who are they gonna get for Buddy Jack now. They have somebody in mind. I, I guess he's somebody that wrestles for Wildcat. I'm not familiar with the guy, but uh uh pretty cool to see that Brady Pierce and uh and and uh Silas Mason are gonna be in a Zach Efron movie about the Von Herricks. It's just I feel like I'm playing Mad Libs over here. I don't know why, but I want now Poyo to be Missy Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Somebody, somebody call the uh, casting uh, casting director. I think the NWA's plan. I'm going to go back into kind of in the subject now. Okay. And I'm, funny, I'm going to use hockey again in the analogy. There is a, ty- a, a team in hockey called the Arizona Coyotes. Yes. Absolutely. And for the longest time, they were a dumpster fire. Yeah. But right now, they've started doing the thing. They're rebuilding. They're waiting to get a brand new building. They're looking to sign a contract, Tempe, Arizona, and do things. You know, the, the change in the leadership has definitely improved significantly. And they started creating a plan. Well, the plan looked like let's take everybody else's casts off and, you know, and just put the bare minimum you could put out to have a hockey team. And that's what it seemed like for a while. But now that you look and you look at the analytics, you realize. They took players that people paid them by giving them draft picks to take off their hands, turned them into viable players, and then were able to sell them for draft picks. They were taking a lot of reclamation projects and turning them into assets that could actually be useful for other teams, people that were given up on. And again, like there was teams that wanted to get these contracts out and Arizona was having trouble hitting their own bare minimum, the, the, the floor of the salary cap to try to have enough money. So they were taking on these deadweight contracts for players who were never going to play again and getting draft picks for them. They were taking on players that were forgotten or gave up on or thought they were past their prime or, or useless or you know not going to be anything and reclam- just reclaiming their, their ability and selling them. So now, again, they're getting more out of it. They turn it into assets. I think that's the NWA's niche right now. Take those projects that need a good coat of paint and a power washing, do so with hot, with intelligent booking, and then the new promotions will come up and sign them. So are you, are you talking are you advocating for like the NWA to like, you know, go back and look at Austin Aries and, and maybe go back and look at Tessa Blanchard? I said reclamation able- projects, not lost causes. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, there is talent out there that that was booked so badly. AEW is full of it. <laughs> yeah, but all of them are still under contract. But that's just it. They need to be reclaimed. Maybe AEW instead they can't do nothing with these people. Let's say if let's say something happens and um and uh, and um Eddie Graham spirit takes over uh. Billy Corgan's body and starts becoming the best booker in the world and being able to reclaim some of those guys who aren't doing anything right now. I mean, Anthony Nice is talented as all hell. Yeah. And look, they're doing nothing with him. Maybe that's what they need. They need a promotion to actually get these guys to some kind of buzz and energy back. That happened to Al Snow with ECW. Al Snow's career was dead in the water. He became the world's highest, most anticipated, fought over jobber. Leave Cassidy. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then he goes to ECW and becomes a hot project, and the WWE couldn't wait to sign him again and screw him up. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I do know that um, Billy had said that he would love to work with AEW or WWE in that capacity and, 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 and not as much be a farm fed, but be a place for talents that don't have anything to do to come work. But, you know, I, I'd also say, well, that's what Ring of Honor's for, right? I mean, that's kind of what Tony Khan has a second wrestling promotion for is uh no he just needed there. he just needed a place for us to store some of his toys that's what it is yeah well, you know even to a point though if you go back and you look at the results for the tapings they did they did like what two days worth of tapings you know big long nwa style taping things yeah and you go back and look you still go well there are a ton of people they haven't they didn't use that you think would fit perfectly in here. Uh, I, you know, Tony Khan's become the Vince McMahon of the early, uh, uh, just before the pandemic, where he was signing people just to sign them to keep them away from AEW. And now AEW signing all these people that don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And, no, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess it's nice that you can have the money to do that. You know, that apparently they're getting enough money from, uh, Discovery Warner Brothers, but and now they're talking about doing a third show, and their second show sucks. <laughs> the first show sucks. That's true. Their second show really sucks, and the ratings bear that out. You know, have you noticed that all the AEW beloved and uh, hardcore fans don't talk about the ratings anymore? They don't talk about the demo anymore. Do you know why? Because they're bad. So. That's like having sex with a sheep. Exactly. Bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Although I should ask you how you know, but I'm not going to. I'm going to overlook it. There used to be this wrestler named Cousin Clem, but I won't go into details. Uh, good old Cousin Clem. VK Freeze? Oh, there he goes. I hope not. It's not that cold. It's not cold. It's just storming. It's a cold and stormy night. Hey, just so you guys know, if a tornado comes this way, you might get the chance to see on live stream, Migo. <laughs> we'll miss you, Migo. Wait, where were you landing, Oz? Oh, that was Kansas. Oh, I love the Wizard of Oz, so I should be so lucky. Will you be a good witch or a bad witch? Bad. What kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> Oh, God, you guys are awesome. By the way, uh, during this podcast, uh, I normally try to give you my full attention, but I was uh, noticing that Dave Marquez tweeted about him booking Claudio Castagnoli versus Willie Mack uh, 10 years prior to Ring of Honor doing it. And so I had to post a photo that I was actually there for those matches on uh, Twitter. So if you go to Twitter right now, you'll see a photo that uh, my beautiful wife, Michelle, took of... Uh, uh, Willie Mack in the ring with Claudio Castagnoli uh, back in 2010. Something like that. Anyways. Real quick, um, too. You know who's actually good at the Reclamation Project gimmick? Who? MLW. Yeah. Like what they've done with uh, what they've done with like Enzo. Like they've made me kind of want to see Enzo and I never thought I would say that. Wait a minute. Have you actually watched the episode he's been on? Uh Okay, <laughs> but he, but they make me want to see it though. 
Right. Not enough to watch it, but they make them. Yeah. But honestly, That's... though, Enzo was money if you knew how to do with them. Yeah. You know, Enzo does have the, he does have the unlikability you want to really see him get his ass kicked. Like Daredevil Dave Dahl. Nobody wants to see Daredevil Daredevil Dave Dahl. They want to see him get beat up. There was a a voting on who would you like to see uh, Daredevil wrestle, and they all chose Patch, and it was an overwhelmingly, like, say, 70, 80, 90% was per Patch, and it was one of the highest viewed and responded questions ever on the Instagram and the and the uh, Twitter page. And that's that's equal parts awesome and sad at the same time. Because people love watching him be, get beat up. I always say, if you ever meet Dave Dahl in person, it's actually um, his real personality. His wrestling personality is him turned down. His real personality turned down to seven. <laughs> Oh man, poor guy. That's kind of sad. I heard he's a heel on his new job. What's his new job? Uh Jizz Mopper? I don't know. Oh Jesus. And and they're and hey, that's the exact moment we got demonetized. Thank you for coming, everybody. <laughs> Actually, I hear Jim Cornette say it all the time on his things. So they'd haven't demonetized him yet, or they would bleep him out when he says it. He is a lot more prolific than we are, unfortunately. He um, also but, says it a lot more dirty words than even me and even I do. <laughs> and controversial stuff. That's fair. Um, well, then let's, let's, uh, that was, right, that was the program, guys. We're done for the day. That was an interesting chat. Well, I mean, we do have a little bit to talk about with power. And I'm going to say this, I, this, this wasn't the greatest episode of all time, but it was certainly a step up from, uh, the last few weeks, I, I felt like this was a much better show. Um, and we'll get to it here uh, going on right now. Now, Jaden, sometimes you get opportunities to watch this before the podcast. Sometimes you don't. Uh, did you see any of this uh, of this episode? No, I was doing really, really important things like cleaning bathrooms and uh, turning products around and mm-hmm. counting and... Um, paperwork so i was doing stuff that's a lot more exciting um dk i know that you uh sat through it so let's let's talk a little bit and we'll get some insight from jane what he thinks on some of these things but the uh power kicks off with the uh empty or oh you know what before we get to that let's talk a little bit about the pay-per-view that's coming up um i like to do that sometimes too there's some pay-per-view uh, coming up well yeah on april the i believe it's april 9th mm-hmm. um who would have thought? Are you are you uh, are you are you pulling my leg net right now or? Yes. Okay. Fair I enough. Figured, I figured you would have got that by now. Uh, I don't get a lot. Um, I'll be honest. Yeah, the pay per view is coming on. Excuse me, April seventh. That's uh, that's a Friday night. That's uh, a little bit different for the NWA. The start time is a lot later too. Um, I'm, I know the pre-show starts at like eight thirty or eight o'clock, and then the full show starts, I believe, at um, at uh, nine p.m. local time, which that's late for a pay-per-view. But I guess that's they were limited to what they could actually get on this show. Um, some of the matches we already know that uh, the first the the main event has been announced. You've got Tyrus taking on Chris Adonis for the ten pounds of gold. Um, we also have uh, Scion. Uh, defending against EC3. Now, this is kind of like a 
you know, for the longest time, the church's money was also a product of uh, idol mania sports management, but it seems like that, uh, that group has now been dissolved. Um, other matches that have been scheduled, of course, we're going to have Camille defending her Burke against La Rosa Negra. Um, the, the pre-show is going to have uh, the country gentlemen defending those U.S. tag titles, the ugliest belts in the in the company, against the Savages, which is uh, uh, Bulletproof Troop, and, uh, of course, our pal Jack Stain with Chris Silvio. And then uh, the match that was just announced today is uh, the a return bout for the Women's World Tag Team titles. Of course, Misa, Kate, and Maddie won them uh, on an episode of Power, um, they won those tag team titles and they'll be defending against pretty empowered. I call that 2.0 because it's Roxy and Ella Envy as opposed to Kenzie Page, who Kenzie Page will be in the finals uh, for the women's TV title uh, tournament. So, I mean, there's uh, some matches there that look pretty good, but uh, what do you guys think? Are you have any interest in this pay-per-view, Jaden? I mean, I know like uh, the NWA isn't always your catch-all, but I mean, what do you think about Adonis versus uh, Tyrus? For what the NWA is putting out there, I think this is actually a strong pay-per-view for them. Um, is Adonis the be-all, end-all future of the NWA? No. Is he better champion option than Tyrus? Well, I think DK is probably a better championship uh, option than Tyrus at this point. But, yeah, I, I, if Chris Adonis can master lock his way to – find that key to the match lock to the NWA world championship. I think I, I think it's an improvement. So I would kind of like that. You know, it's, it's, you got some name power. You got Adonis is very underrated in the ring, in my opinion. So I think that could be good. I really like the uh, women's match. I mean, everybody knows I love La Rosa Negra and I, it's funny. Cause again, I been next to La Rosa Negra. She will probably go eye to chest with uh, Camille. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys would be jealous about that. <laughs> but uh, I think that I, for some reason, I just like that match. I, I, I'm i a huge La Rosa Negra fan. Nikki, win it for me, okay? Shoot on her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, think you, I think you would lose that one, but still. Um the the women's match looks entertaining. The women's tag team match looks entertaining. Um, I, I I actually like the physical dynamic with Pretty Empowered 2.0 right now. The way they have, the way they look, aesthetic wise, they look more like a tag team. And I think the future, hopefully, NWA Women's Television Champion, the other Pretty Empowered. I like to see them as a dominant trio with championships. I think that would be good. And maybe find somebody to win the women's title, and then they would own the women's wrestling in the NWA. I think that's something, or at least you know they kind of partially would. Yeah. So I like that idea. Um, I EC three when wants to can wrestle really well, and I think he may make a good national champion. So there's you know what it's for what the NWA has. This is a strong card for the NWA. I, uh, DK, I'd like to get your two cents, but real quick, I want to say this, like, I think EC3 is a guy that has a ton of potential, a star power, potential world's heavyweight champion down the road. It would, it would tell me a lot if he wins this national title on, on February the 7th in Chicago. I, you know, that's, that's basically the, 
you know, uh, Scion's hometown. He wrestles a lot in the Midwest, and that's that's kind of where he uh, gets his bread buttered, if you will. I, I think if if you see uh, EC3 walk out with that national championship, number one, he'll probably be the most prolific wrestler in the NWA to hold that title in this Lightning One era. Uh, but I also feel like it's a, a huge step in the right direction for the NWA if if he wins that title and it's a good match. Um, but DK, what are your thoughts on the show on the pay-per-view so far? Okay. Here's, I mean, the pay-per-view as a whole sounds good. Here's the problem when it comes to some of the matches and how I want to look at them and stuff like that. So let's look at the national title match. Scion versus, uh, EC3. Now, Who do you cheer for? Hmm? Who do you cheer for? Well, yeah. Okay, so we're back to this kind of heel versus heel, heel thing. Who am I supposed to like? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Who am I invested in? Don't really have any of that. And then here's the next thing. Isolated? I want to see EC3 win because I think he would be a better champion than Scion. Looking at the way things are at a hole in the NWA, I want Scion to win because I'd rather see Scion versus Thrillbilly because I think Thrillbilly has a better chance to beat Scion than he does beating EC3. Just in a uh, just in a way of looking at it. So, and then look, look at the women's tag team title match. Uh probably rather see pretty empowered to hold it but the titles flip-flop so much renegade twins held it a day <laughs> Two held it you know 2.3 minutes <laughs> less and uh, then you got to turn around and you know swap titles again and is it just me or have they not really done anything since misa kate and Maddie have won the titles. Well, no, they haven't. They haven't done anything with them. But also, you have to keep in mind too that those titles were won during the first day of the TV tapings. You know, they did two. They did two title changes uh, on that well, first day of TV taping. I'm not, so it's, I'm not saying you need to bring them out and have matches. Okay, but why aren't they out there talking or a promo package or something? Sorry, that exactly. was an accident. You know exactly. So, you know, why aren't, I mean, they should be out there talking. And they're not. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that this was the idea as soon as they switched the titles. Was to hot shot them all these times to make them interesting. Instead of, you know, who cares? Unfortunately, it didn't really help a lot. I still don't know that I really care, care but, you know, we'll see. And... I can't be excited about a match if you don't if you don't bring it out there, talk about it, and get the champions talking about it, and you know, try talk talk me into the arena. And this is kind of another one: who are the heels and who are the faces? I don't really know. Next, let's look at the world title match. I find it interesting. We'll talk about it in power, but. It's almost like they didn't, you know, they knew during the tapings what they were going to do. And yet it's almost like they didn't. 
because so far, far all our interactions have been in the studio before the tapings. It's like, well, just how many times did you tape before your show? <laughs> yeah. You know, before your show, you know, you know, here's Chris Adonis. Here's Tyrus. I mean, were there a little promos good? Uh, Tyrus's was better. But there's no crowd to react to any of it. Yeah. And so, again, I'm kind of left going, okay. You know, one time I had a battle with a local promoter here in Texas. I say local. He promoted about four hours away from me. And I noted that I'd never seen one of their shows. And so I go, well, sell it to me. And they basically refused to sell it to me. They just talked about how they were the best. Yeah, everybody says they're the best. Sell it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were offended. How dare I not believe them? I mean, <laughs> actually, it was our buddy Jack Stane that kind of came to my rescue a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought this comment from Luthez was funny. Tyrus versus Donis is a 10 pounds of meh for me. Which I, that's, that's 10 clever. pounds. More like three spins worth of pounds. Step on the scale with Tyrus. He spins around three times. Doty says many of the internet wrestling community will get behind Chris just for the sake to see the belt off of Tyrus. I mean, in a perfect world, this is the time you take the belt off of him. You've got these promos with Adonis. You know, he he's having a kind of a good run uh, as of late. He's got some charisma. Adonis is a guy that's, you know, former WWE guy. I don't think that they're going to take the belt off of Tyrus. I think they're going to leave it on him a little bit longer. But, man, I think this is the right time to pull the trigger for sure. Well, I think any time that the right time to pull the trigger. I mean, look, everybody said when he won the title, oh, this is just a short-term thing. I don't know that you make a huge belt on a short-term thing. And so I think Billy is to Tyrus what uh, Tony Khan is to Orange Cassidy and Jade Cargill. Mm. For whatever reason, he loves them. And, you know, they're, he doesn't want to take any title off of them. Yeah. And uh, I, I could see Tyrus holding, he held the TV title for a year. I could certainly see him holding the NWA title for a year. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, look, we all know this is already in his head. I mean, I just, I'll be happy whenever they take the title off of him. I just don't know that that's the plan. Nothing will make me happier than for Adonis to win at the pay-per-view. Not that I'm a big Adonis fan, but I'd much rather see Adonis versus uh, Latimer, where there's some history and there's some background and there's some story there. That would be so good, I think, for the NWA. Like, two very good... Look, I, when, when I talk about wrestling, I think you need to have a package, right? Like, I... Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can just say, oh, well, he's a great wrestler. Like, no, you got to sell me on this guy. And and somebody like Adonis looks like a wrestler. He looks like he would be a wrestler in the WWE. He looks like he would make a, be a wrestler in AEW. He looks like he'd be a wrestler. Too big in- to be a wrestler in AEW. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, Doesn't but you flip get the, enough. 
you get the point I'm trying to make, though. He has that look. Whereas, like, honestly, it, WrestleMania weekend is is literally just a couple of days away. If Tyrus was on any of those shows, any of those matches, would you be excited to see him? Not if I were a WWE fan. Any of them. Game Changer, uh, New Japan, Strong. I mean, any wrestling promotion that's running that weekend, Tyrus wouldn't fit the bill. He wouldn't be on any one of those shows. You couldn't pay these promotions to put a Tyrus on one of these spots. Uh, well, and not just that, but like I said, if you're trying to get the casual fan or the WWE fan, you're going to get it with Tyrus. Yeah. I mean, he was a, what they call him? Uh, what, the Fungasaurus? Fungasaurus, yes. I mean, he was a, he was a comedy joke wrestler. Yeah. Had the funk dactyls come out in cheerleader costumes, and that's what got the males interested. Somebody call my mama. I, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm being bluntly honest right there. The guy wrestlers wanted to watch the funk dactyls, you know, shake their booty, and nobody wanted to watch Tyrus wrestle. Even when he had you know, knees and he could do more stuff and he was an athletic big man. Who wants to see him today? His knees are shot. He gets tired crawling, you know, going up the stairs. I will say this. He wasn't the one that got hurt in Mexico. Well, that guy should have paid more attention to how he landed, shouldn't he? A hundred percent. And, you know, just you know, it's hard to get injured when you don't do much. Not true at all, unfortunately. Once I hit well, 40, I realized that's age. not true. <laughs> Once you get my age, you get hurt just, you know, looking cross. Waking up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, I woke up too hard. I'm, I'm in pain. As somebody who suffers from chronic back pain, uh, yeah, I, I can just sleep wrong and, and, and be hobbling the next day. Try having a broken freaking neck. No, thank you. I don't want a broken neck. Thank you very much. I don't either. Can I can I give this back? Is your neck currently broken, or are you? No, but I'm suffering from the year from breaking it. So, so anyway, what we can hope is we can hope that Chris Adonis wins the title. I was hoping he was going to say break some of his neck. <laughs> and then, uh, no. no, no, no. We can hope Chris Adonis wins the title, and we can hope they set up something between him and Latimer that would make sense and be, you know, a good, that could be like their Aldous Murdoch story, which was a pretty good story that they told over the course of, was it a year, eight months? Yeah. I mean, you know, if they can do something like that, that would be a, that would be a good thing. Well, let's get to the uh, let's get to power. Let's talk about Tyrus because uh, the first segment of the night is actually uh, again the empty arena. Chris Adonis with uh, Joe Galley, who uh, Chris Adonis talks about. All he needs to do is get his arms around the very large Tyrus, and if he can lock in the masterpiece, uh, the master lock, excuse me, like that's it. That's it. it's game over for Tyrus. Tyrus 
does a great job responding. And this was, uh, again, uh, one of those weird situations where, uh, like DKM mentioned, I think it would have been better in front of a crowd because Tyrus responds very eloquently and, and brings up the fact that uh, Adonis is a Greek god. He looks like a Greek god. He's built like a Greek god. But, you know, much like Achilles, you know, he still has a weakness. And, and even Zeus himself couldn't put his arms around Tyrus's uh, our shoulders. And, and I, fe- I felt like it was a great promo to set up their match. Again, I think it would have been a lot better in front of an audience. Uh, DK, what did you think about that promo? Yeah, I mean, Adonis, uh, not Adonis, Tyrus certainly out-talked Adonis. If That's going, to be expected. You know, and uh, again, it would like I said, you just pointed out again, it would have been better with people yeah. to react to it because he did a good job. So I mean, we've said we've said Tyrus could talk. He doesn't need any help in that. Um, next up, we get the um, talking heads head segment that they they featured on social media earlier uh, between Ashley D'Ambois and Kenzie Page. Uh, you know, nothing new here, but it was fun to see. You know, fun to have that those those uh, packages ahead of the uh, uh, tournament matchup and, and where Ashley D'Ambo actually showed a little bit of her personality. We we never really got to embrace Ashley D'Ambo as a part of the roster. And we, she was just kind of dropped in all of a sudden part of the, uh, the champion series. We didn't really get to know her. And this was a bit of her personality, which it's kind of a shame she isn't going to be around longer because I felt like she was – uh, certainly had brought something different to the table, um, you know, being uh, French Canadian and, and slipping into the French accent, I thought was pretty interesting and, and kind of, you know, gave me a reason to root against her, which is kind of funny because during the matchup, it was another heel on heel style of matchup and neither one of them were uh, uh, really appealing to the audience that was presented in front of them. But uh this was one of those times uh, where I, I felt like this was a good segment to set up the match. Next. Okay. Sorry, DK. I thought you were done. No. Go no, ahead. Say, uh, they need more of these type of video packages. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is more what you need. They need more selling. They don't sell their product enough. I agree. I think this uh, this this is a definitely a good sign, and hopefully we see more of these uh, in the future. That takes us to the uh, D'Ambois versus Page uh, tournament uh, semifinal match. I felt like it was a really good match between the two of them. Um, you know, with all the rumors that Ambois is leaving, uh, you know, we probably won't see another match from her within the NWA. She looked good in this match. Uh, like I said, it was still a heel versus heel, but it was obvious that Kenzie was willing to be the dirtier player, if you know what I mean. Um, she was taking the shortcuts. She was the one who uh, like poked the eye when the referee wasn't looking. And it wasn't like a miraculous victory for uh, Kenzie Page um, because, you know, either woman, like neither one of them really stood out as the odds on favorite. Uh, but the shortcuts were very becoming of this new dirtier player in Kenzie page, like we talked about a few weeks ago, her character continues to evolve. Remember when her and Ella envy first started teaming together, um, she was reluctant to cheat. She was reluctant to do the heel move. She still wanted to be that baby face, but now she's fully embraced the dark side and, uh, definitely healed it up in this match. 
she ends up getting the victory. Darth Vader? Either that or having an asthma attack. Um, but uh, she ends up getting the victory with the uh, Kenzie Cutter. I, I thought it was a good match. DK, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I will say the wrestling on the show overall was pretty good. And this was certainly uh, an interesting match. When I didn't know who was going to win, because quite honestly, I hadn't kept up with what's-her-name to know that she was with AEW, or if someone had told me, I forgot. And so I was able to kind of watch it interesting. I Now, I have managed to do something that I know everybody out there wants to do. I have managed to tune out the announcers. So I no longer really hear them. I mean, they're just kind of like noise in the background. So did they bring up Pretty Empowered at all? Because I noticed the videos, they don't really mention that part of her. Um, they they did they they didn't go into detail about it. And I'll be honest, I didn't I don't remember if they really talked about it. Um, but she, you know, Ella and or excuse me, Kenzie Page did. She mentioned that she's a, a former NWA Women's World Champion. So she she made a point of it. I don't know that the announcers did. I'll be honest, I, I, I don't recall them bringing it up. Yeah, but you, even when she was talking about that, she wasn't talking about like her team, you know. Yeah. You know, you know she didn't, I don't, I don't remember her saying, well, you know, it's part of Pretty Empowered. And I almost wonder if, I wonder if they are still an item, if she is still part of Pretty Empowered or if she's headed her own way. You know, she's, she's not in the pink. She's kind of gotten the more dark and everything. So I'm, I, I, I'm just wondering. Yeah. No, I, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Of course, with, you know, the NWA, that doesn't mean anything. I did notice that um, Velvet seemed a lot more muted uh, on this week's episode. And I don't know, maybe she was worn out from the first taping uh, following the pay-per-view. I don't know, but she just like when, when she was talking, it was very, very um, unenthusiastic and very like, Oh, that was a neat arm bar. And it's like, Oh, it was kind of refreshing because sometimes I feel like she tries too much to be the center of the attention on commentary. So it was kind of nice to sound her, uh, hear her a little bit turned down. Um, next up, we get May Valentine in the back with Trevor Murdoch. Uh, Trevor continues to blur the line between face and heel. Um, you know, I guess, I guess he's a tweener, um, but he doesn't seem too happy with the NWA specifically. He wasn't happy with being in a ring with beast mode. Um, who he didn't mention by name, uh, but uh, said that, you know, they sent, they were testing Trevor Murdoch against a seven foot four, 400 pound man. Um, and he got hurt during that matchup. So he's not going to be on TV or he's not going to be wrestling for some time. He also mentioned Daisy kill uh, taking his shots and that uh, Trevor will get even with him when he gets back in the ring mentioned, <laughs> called him a mini van hammer which I popped for because if you if you remember Van Hammer, looked just like him, but I, I think maybe three other people in the live stream might have known who that guy was. And then and then the thought of a minivan hammer, just I, and then I picture a car with a, a van with, you know, a soccer mom and a hammer on top of it. Anyways, um, Murdoch also mentioned uh, another live power. And maybe he, maybe he phrased it incorrectly. Maybe he just said he's going to be there live in person on power, but it sounded like he was alluding to another live episode of power. So maybe after the April pay-per-view or maybe leading up to the April pay-per-view, uh, 
which there isn't a lot of time left. There's a couple more weeks. Uh, maybe we'll get another uh, a live power again, which I think would be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good promo. It kind of lets you know what's going on with him. Like Trevor Murdoch doesn't really have a bad promo as of late. Uh, what did you think of this one, DK? It was good. It's more the Trevor Murdoch I like. Uh, I didn't like the fact that he said he was injured as they didn't really come across even in the post-match beatdown or even while he was standing there. And so it was just kind of an odd thing to hear. And I did notice he talked about a live power, which I, I would like them to do more live powers. I, I, I definitely felt like that was a good a good show for them to do, but yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. We'll, we will see as the old saying goes. But, I mean, I enjoyed the promo. And again, he was selling. What we're noticing more in these last couple of episodes, even though this is longer than they have been by about eight minutes, what we're noticing is that they're doing more selling of what's upcoming and what's getting ready to happen and what should I be looking for and wanting and stuff. And I, I find that's important. Our pal James H. Jackson is reporting Kylan King signed exclusive full-time contract with Impact. Ty Valkyrie signed full-time with All Elite. Sucks that the NWA no longer has access to the two of them. Uh, James, come back and watch the show uh, from the beginning later because we did we did talk about that. But I'm just happy to see James H. Jackson because uh, uh, you disappeared off of Twitter and I was worried about you, but I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, somehow get on Twitter again. Message me. I just want to make sure you're good. Yeah, uh, although I will say Kylan King's been there long enough to where I'm okay with her moving on. Yeah. I, you know, there's there's nothing else for them to do with her. I think you still could have got use out of Taya, but I don't know that you still, that Kylan still had much use. And uh, I don't know. I think genocide's probably also kind of gone. I think they've used, they've gotten as much out of her as they can for now. You know, come back in a year or two. I can't miss you if you don't go away. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, I get that too. And and not just that, but then when you come back, then we can reestablish you in a stronger thing. Uh, both Kylan and and uh, Genocide have been kind of on losing streaks, or at least not winning streaks. Yeah. And so, you know, it has its moment. Um, all right. So the next thing is, uh, after the, uh, Trevor segment, um, we get the baby face Knox. This was a different look for Mike Knox. Uh, they said that Tampa is his home crowd. So maybe the crowd was into him because he's local, but, uh, uh, it was just weird to see him get over with the, with the crowd. Um, Knox took on the space cowboy Stacy Alexander, and I feel like this match should have been reserved for like a, a USA, right? Because I, I don't think anyone should be making a debut on power unless they're a star, right? I don't like uh, it, it made sense to have EC3 debut on power, but I don't think a guy who 
relatively unknown. We we shouldn't be putting. I don't think should be put on power uh, just because I'm, you know, we, we don't even know who this guy is. And um, Hey Jaden, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I think uh, he, I mean, he had a good look and the match itself was fine. I just think for, for situations where you're introducing a character to the show, either he should have already been on uh, USA and made his debut and, and had a victory that you fed him to, uh, to, to Knox, or at the very least, this match should have debuted on USA as opposed to Power. Uh, but it was the, the Cowboy looked green. He had some good size to him, and I think there's some potential there. But uh, maybe again, not ready for Power. He got some decent offense in, I will say that. Um, but the match was just very okay. Nothing flashy. Not even a hoss fight like you would expect two bigger guys. Uh, Knox gets the victory with his version of the Crossroads. And Knox is over in Tampa. Uh, what do you have to add to this one, DK? I don't so much mind uh, bringing somebody in if it's obvious they're there kind of as an enhancement person. Yeah. Uh, my problem with this match is that Knox was very much a heel. Yeah, he didn't change his style of wrestling. I mean, no, I mean, absolutely nothing changed in the way he wrestled in any way, shape, or form. But if you're someone like Steve Austin, you can get away with it. I don't know that Knox can get away with it in the same vein. So it was like, I don't get the sense that there's necessarily been a face turn for Knox yet, just he's somewhere where the people liked him. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of like Otison, who was a heel, was a heel, was a heel, and then all of a sudden they put him in the ring one night and someone else, and now he's face. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, I get the feeling that maybe at the next set of tapings, if they keep Knox, which it wouldn't upset me if they didn't, but if they keep him, then you know he may just be a heel again, especially if Cardona goes away. Which what, I think that's what they're. I think that's what they're hinting at. I think. Yeah, I was going to say. Let's be honest. That seems to be what's going on. Cody has made it pretty clear. He, clear. Yeah, that he wants him back. And he wants Matt Cardona back, not Tech Ryder. That's interesting. Um, I have an idea, by the way, I just thought of right now at this very here. moment. When we ever have an uh, opportunity to have like an alliance, guys, where we don't really have a power to talk about, let's go over the NWA roster and choose who would we keep, who would we fire, and, you know, who would we use in okay, the well, state. Let's, let's start with Billy. I'd fire him. <laughs> You know, um, that's an interesting an interesting topic, and that's something that uh, we definitely should do. Um, I actually have a buddy of mine who uh, you guys have probably, if you watch the show, you probably haven't seen him, but uh, Daryl used to do the uh, Road Wild podcast where we would drive to wrestling events and just talk about all things wrestling, and he said he would like to come on in and talk about building up a, an NWA. I think he maybe uh, we could bring him on as a, a guest host for that day. And, and just talk about it. Somebody who 
I don't think is as connected as we are to the product, but somebody who I think would have some interesting ideas on, on how to rebuild the NWA. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good idea. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but let's get back to the, to the show. Uh, because this is, we're making good time for once. I'm excited about it. Next up, we have uh, May in the back with Bobby Fulton. Now, I, I know he has a medical condition. Um, I know he's had surgeries and, and, and issues with like throat cancer. So I don't want to pick on the poor guy uh, because of his uh, speaking voice. And he was very Im- impassioned in his promo, which I thought was great. However... There comes a point in time where I, I I don't want non-wrestlers getting fired up and wanting to fight wrestlers. I don't want to see Joe Galley pissing off Nick Aldis so that it leads to a matchup. I don't want to see uh, Medusa threatening a, a wrestler in the ring unless it's going to lead to a matchup. And I don't want Bobby Fulton calling out the fixers. Uh, you know, the, the, they should have ended this uh, the way it was presented on USA when the fixers lost to... Uh, Rhett Titus and uh, and Chris Adonis. That should have been the end of it. Um, it the fact that it's continuing with this storyline that they took the titles and that these um, you know would be Patriots are are just being disrespectful to the NWA. And, you know, Bobby Fulton's even talking about how they throw the American flag on the ground when they get into the ring. They're not patriotic, and 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 it just. Number one, it went on for far too long. Number two, again, what what are we building to here? Bobby Fulton is not going to step in the ring, and I don't want Bobby Fulton to step in the ring. It just felt very <sighs> problematic, and it wasn't entertaining at all. It like I I felt more sorry for him than I did like oh man this guy is great. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, DK, what did you think? I was sad. You know, I'd seen Bobby Fulton several times in person. Because he wrestled here in world class twice, him Tommy Rogers holding the American Tag Team Championship and then the World Class World Tag Team Championship right. on uh, two different occasions, both times. And uh, I, I was I, I was sad to see this when he talked. He didn't look into the camera most of the time. A little bit at the end. Uh, of course, because of his throat cancer, he's not the easiest to understand. Uh, he's, you know, look, he's good to bring out and give a two or three sentence raw rod. It almost seemed like they were taking advantage of him by letting him come out and talk switch as he did. Like you said, they had the perfect ending to it. Why do they need to continue this? They don't. There's nothing. Not, I mean, maybe they'll do something on the pay-per-view for it or whatever. But it's not anything that's going to be of interest to me. You don't need fake U.S. Tag Team Champions when we have, you know, real U.S. Tag Team Champions. And I'm one of the few people that apparently doesn't mind the belts they're using. And, uh, of course, I hated the ones the fixers pull around. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe that's it. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, seriously, just, 
what's the right thing I'm trying to say? They need to they need to think about what they're doing. And I don't mind again Tommy Rogers being I mean, God when he went out to the ring that one time without wearing a shirt <laughs> and just jacket. I mean, again, it was all I mean it's almost like is this elder abuse or something? Yeah. And uh just I don't know. Like I said, I I was sad. I didn't look at this and go, oh my gosh. You know, you know, this is terrible. Or or uh or what am I trying to say? I lost my thought. You know, I, I didn't look at it and go, oh my gosh, this is great. I looked at it and said, Oh my gosh, it's terrible. I don't even go, oh, this is great, you know, Bobby Fulton and you know, love the storyline. I don't understand it, and it's just it's just a wee bad on the sad side for me. Yeah. Uh, Luke says, Metamat, Dirt Road, Willie, long story. Still a better promo than half the guys in the business. All right, that's fair. He was impassioned. Um, like I said, it was kind of hard to, to, to watch, though, because I know, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of it is because of his previous metal con- conditions, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I feel like that's a phrase used too often with some of the older guys when they show up. Oh, well, they can still go, or oh, they can do a promo better than anybody. That promo wasn't good. And I would say it was the worst one on the show. All right. So, I mean, let's, let's not blind ourselves. You know, let's not. Go, oh, well, I mean, you know, when people go Jerry Lawler at 70 and haven't had a heart attack and strokes and everything else, and he can he can still out go 90% of the indie wrestlers. Well, all you're telling me is 90% of the indie wrestlers are crap and worse than an old worse than an old fuck can't, you know, who can't even wrestle and you know has had a heart attack and a stroke that i mean you're not saying good things about that person you're saying bad things about everybody underneath it and i'm sorry no that wasn't a better promo than half the people out there uh okay so the next up uh is uh i got lost there okay next up we have may with the spectaculars i i do believe the bobby fulton promo was better than this though um you got brady pierce oh. Definitely deserves better than this. Um, you've got Rush Freeman, who even he looks like he's not happy to be there. And it's Rolando. And and May kind of sets it up. Do you feel betrayed by Aaron Stevens like I do, Rolando? And yes, he was goaded into a match with Tyrus that he wasn't prepared for. You know what? This guy said so much crap about wanting a title match, wanting the world's heavyweight champion, whether it be Trevor Murdoch, Matt Cardona, or Tyrus. I'm glad they squashed him. I don't need to see him anymore. This promo was a waste of time. I'm done with it. I'm, I have no patience for this whatsoever. DK, your thoughts? I won't say it was a better promo than Bobby, but I will say that I was more interested in Bobby's than I was this one. That, I, that That's what I meant. Yeah, I mean, just... Again, I can't miss Rolando if he doesn't go away. And the truth is, if he goes away, I still won't miss him. So uh, his his time has run its course. If you want the Spectaculars as a tag team, 
and bring in enhancement tag teams so that they can get wins. Uh, before we go any further, some late breaking news: the uh, the tag team of uh, of uh, Kylan King and um, oh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. I'm pulling it up right now. You don't have to help me. I'll get it. Uh, Kylan King and Taylor Wilde are your new knockout tag team champions. This is kind of like the world's worst kept secret because we knew Taya Valkyrie announced that she had no more commitments to impact wrestling. We knew that they were going to take the titles off of them. So uh, congrats to Kylan King, who is, uh, you know, officially now a member of the impact roster and also, uh, you know, Taylor Wilde for winning those belts. And of course we knew this was all going to happen because, uh, well, we knew that, uh, that uh, Ty was heading to AEW. So, <sighs> all right. Um, let's see. Let's get back to it. Uh, the next match. Uh, this was a fun match. This was a good match. In in Jaden, if you're still awake, this is a match that you need to go out and seek. It was the TV title match between uh, Tom Latimer and Rhett Titus. Uh, both very professional dudes in the ring. Uh, these two have shared the ring several times under the NWA banner and sometimes outside of the NWA banner. Uh, going back to 2019 in the Crockett Cup, uh, they were both in that qualifying Battle Royal match. Uh, they have feuded over the UEW Heavyweight Championship in Virginia, and this is their second time one-on-one in an NWA ring. Um, I do hate the 10-minute or the uh, 6:05 time limit. I wish we could just have 10-minute title matches. Um, it would make so much more for better TV. Uh, Tom spends a, basically the entirety of the match working on Rhett Titus's injured leg. Um, it was heavily bandaged. I, I don't know if he's legitimately hurt or if they were just looking for a way to to work an injury angle or something with them. Uh, but uh, Lats gets the victory with an STF. At first, he had that Crippler's crossface that he uses from time to time. But uh, he couldn't get Titus to tap out, so he uh, he took the extra mile, went with the STF. And uh, I kind of like him using that maneuver. I hope to see him use it again. You know, uh, Jaden, I know you're a huge fan of Rhett Titus. Do you like him being used in this way, and do you think he could help elevate guys like Tom Latimer uh, for the NWA? Here's the problem. He's also wrestling for the new – uh, AEWECW Ring of Honor, whatever you know. Um, I don't think he's long for the NWA. What was that? I said that probably means we won't see a whole lot more of him. Yeah, I don't think he's long for the NWA right now. I mean, I Rhett's a good guy. I hope he gets everywhere he can be seen. I wish he was in MLW. I wish he was an impact. I wish he was in NWA. I wish he was. In Ring of Honor, you know, I wish it, you, the more places that you can see red, I think, is a good idea. But um, I just don't see him long for the NWA, unfortunately. Uh, DK, I mean, you watched the match. What did you think? Well, of course, anybody who knows me knows this type of match I like. It's yeah. very technical. It, it's wrestling. Wrestling. No, I mean, it's not even wrestling. It's wrestling. Yeah. I mean, uh, some good catches, catch can. Uh, both of them, of course, Rhett Titus, you know, had gotten into the pure division in ROH, so which is a more technical style of wrestling. Uh, Latimer, of course, comes from a European background, which has a more technical wrestling style. And 
it was good. It shows that that type of thing can be exciting. I, I feel bad for everybody that was having to wrestle because they had a very dead crowd. Yeah. I mean, the, there were very few people who cheered and made noise or whatever. Most of them just kind of sat there like lumps on a log. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. And from the beginning of the show, you know, from the beginning of the tapings, from what I, from what, from what we've heard. And so, you know, as a comedian would say, tough crowd out there. And uh, I felt like it didn't do some of the wrestlers in wrestling justice. So, uh, but the match itself was enjoyable in about five minutes. I like that there was an actual victory. I do think the leg injury was a work, and I think it was done specifically for this match. I don't think there's any, like, background. As, you know, they didn't say, oh, well, he heard it, you know, doing X. He just showed up with the tape on. Latimer, of course, kept trying to do it. I like no, I hate piped in crowd noise because it's all. <laughs> and uh, I think they should, uh, you know, I'd like to see more types, more type of stuff like this. And I, I do think Titus is probably a E W R O H bound, and I, I hope so, and I hope they use them, and you know, use them well there. Not that I have a lot of trust in the great Tony Khan, but uh, yeah, I mean, what more? It was good. I I did like the ending that he had to go from his normal thing to a move that actually affects the legs. So, oh, I, I at least I felt like there was a scientific approach to it. Uh, our boy Luthez is trying to make me feel bad about being an Angels fan, but I still hold on to 2002. I was there. I saw them win the World Series, and uh, hopefully before I die, I'll see it again. Hopefully. Asshole. Um, and then uh, James H. Jackson is just reminding us also that tonight on Ring of Honor, uh, Willie Mack fought Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, look, you're not on Twitter right now, James, but uh, I actually tweeted a photo from – about 10 years ago, actually like 13 years ago, when Willie Mack and uh, Claudio Castagnoli met in a championship wrestling from Hollywood ring. Um, I think it's kind of cool that, uh, look, Claudio's only gotten better. Willie Mack has only gotten better. I'm sure that match was a, a great one to watch. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, but let's get back to the show because we're we're starting to run out of time here, but we're getting towards the end. Next up, we get May with Poyo and Thrillbilly, and this is a much more reserved Thrillbilly. I'm not used to seeing him like this. In fact, uh, he was sad, and I'm kind of sad too. Um, he's he's upset because he didn't get the shot at Sion. Now, he won the Champion Series, but <clears throat> evidently there's some backstage politics, some backdoor policies happening uh, that uh, have circumvented our boy Silas Mason, the Thrillbilly, and Poyle Damar from getting an opportunity to uh, challenge for that national championship at 312 pay per view. Uh, so Silas uh, admits that he'll be taking on Brady Pierce, which I'm assuming is going to be at the pay per view. Um, they didn't really specifically say maybe we'll see it on power next week. I don't know. But uh, uh, very different seeing uh, this more reserved Silas Mason. And uh, this is when Poyle was on fire. Uh, Poyo got very animated. In there was a line where I, I, I believe Poyo f- flubbed, 
flubbed, flubbed the line and was able to kind of uh, uh, re- recover by saying that she's so upset right now. So uh, it was a good promo, I feel, from our, our, our friends in Poyo and, and, uh, and Silas Mason. And uh, I really do want to see him back um, in that title hunt. I, you know, if, if EC3 walks away with the belt, um, good for him. But if not, then I want Silas to be the next guy to challenge Sion for the title. Uh, DK, do you have any thoughts on this one? I think when we're looking, when we look at this, this is one of those that you kind of got to watch because it's the details that matter. And so, yeah, Silas wasn't his normal thrill Billy self. Yeah. But there was a reason, you know, they're casting this in, you know, I'm being cheated out of my title shot. I should be getting it. And, you know, instead somebody else says, well, you know, and stuff like that. And then, you know, so that leads to Poyo, who now, you know, Poyo is going to be the one to express the anger and stuff like that. But while she's expressing it, you know, Thrill Billy's posing and, you know, giving his arms up and stuff, you know, it's, it's different, but it's good, and it's what's needed for this moment. And you have to pay attention. And yeah, she flubbed the line, but she came back with the right thing. Oh, I'm so pissed off, I can't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can't even speak correct. You know, which is a good recovery, and it's just, uh, you know, I, I, we talk about botches sometimes. I go, I go. A lot of times in wrestling, things aren't things. Things are only a botch if one of two things happen. One, they treat it like it wasn't. So, you know, you come off, if you come off with a shooting star press, but you miss it, but then just, you know, back up and pin the guy or whatever, like you hit it, uh, that's a botch. Or if you go and do the exact same move again, you know, that's a botch. But if you can make something out of it, then, then you know, you keep going. That's what happened here. She didn't flub her line. She was too upset. Yeah. You know. That's fair. You know, and uh, and it was good. But, you know, meanwhile, uh, Terry Gordy's back there, <laughs> you, know, doing, you know, doing the moves, doing the thing, show, showing us his guns. And, you know, he was – even when he was sad, he was still passionate by, you know, the end of the thing. You know? Yeah. There was a passion in him. So he's still that passionate thrill, Billy, Silas Mason. And he's still, you know, the biggest man in wrestling or whatever they use for. And it's, people pay attention to the small things. And we're, this is a man who is honing his craft. We are really watching something here. Yeah. And I hope people can appreciate what it is that we're seeing because we are really watching the blossoming of a wrestler. You know, we don't see it very often. Well, and, and, and much like we just mentioned earlier in the show about Kylan King heading to impact Ty Valkyrie heading to AEW, um, Ashley D'Ambois heading to AEW. Man, I, I I know he's locked up a contract for this year, but I, I hope there's options for the NWA to pick him up for a few more years because I, I think he could very much be, you know, they always talk about pillars. If he could stick around, I think he could be one of the pillars of the NWA going in the future. 
I'm yeah. so tired. I could use a pillar to lay on right now. <laughs> a pillar and a blanket too, right? Yeah. I don't need a blanket. I just need the pillar. But yeah, I mean, I think there's some. I think there's some good stuff going. So. Well, let's get to the main yeah, event. Let's not. Let's get to the main event so we can let our pal Jane uh, go to bed. Um, next up, we get Carrie Morton, who has become all the rave as of late. Uh, I was narking him out on uh, the pre-party, talking about how I, was, I saw him drinking alcohol, and he was at a, a, a devil music concert, and uh, and he was flipping off the crowd in Mexico. Like, Carrie Morton, man, he he's out of control. His dad needs to step in here because this kid's spiraling out of control. And I don't, I don't know what's going to save him, but he is, uh, he has been on a wild one. He's, he's calling out Barrett Brown and, and telling him like he's a nobody that he can carry his bags. He's, he's talking a lot of mess to Joe Alonzo, who will probably be his appoint, uh, opponent for the three, one, two pay-per-view. Um, this kid is, has been, on fire lately as his heel promos. I know that you're not a big fan either way, DK, but I, I'm sold on this kid as a heel. And even I think it plays into his, you know, not being super, um, that's what I'm looking for. Sound in the ring, I think even plays into more to him being a heel. And I think he could use that to his advantage as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, this was a matchup between he and, uh, and and um, Mecha Wolf of La Rebellion. It was a champions exhibition. You got the world tag team champion taking on the uh, world junior heavyweight champion. Now, Joe Galley said something along the lines that Mecha Wolf is like 240 pounds. And I've, I, I, I'm not trying to break kayfabe here, but I, I know I, I've been around Mecha Wolf. I stood next to him talking to him. And he's not 240 pounds. Now he might not be a junior heavyweight by classified by the NWA at this point, but that the guy is built well enough that he he's no way no way is he 240 pounds. I just don't believe it. Um, this match is is basically all all Mecha Wolf. Uh, you know he has the weight, he has the size, and he probably even has speed on Morton. Um, this is one of those times where you see a, a, a true a world-class caliber athlete, uh, you know, back when he was Mr. 450, he was the guy that was able to do like the just insane flippity flop stuff. He's really changed his wrestling and he's more like, even though he does take higher risks, he's still more grounded in his wrestling, more higher impact, uh, in terms of striking and, and move set. Uh, even the crowd was behind Mecha Wolf in this one, which I, I mean, I'm talking about seeing, uh, seen carry down in Mexico where the fans were obviously against him because it was the uh, pro uh, AAA audience. But this is kind of uh, ironic that, you know, he's in Tampa. Ricky's not out there with them. And the fans kind of seem to turn on him if, if I'm, if I'm noticing it um, for whatever reason, Bastia say, 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 comes out to provide a distraction for Mecca Wolf. Now he's not a manager by rights. He shouldn't have any, uh, authority to be down ringside, which uh, Mecha Wolf grabs the junior heavyweight championship and it looks like he's getting ready to use it. The referee catches Mecha Wolf in the act, uh, thus setting up uh, Kerry Morton for that flying knee that he connects with and then uh, steals the victory with that, uh, that elbow drops. Uh, I don't even know what to call that move. Um, 
this match should have gone to, to Mecha Wolf. It was a Mecha Wolf victory. It should have been anyways. Um, I didn't like the finish, but I thought that the match was fun because Mecha Wolf looked really good in it. Uh, I, I still like the development of Kerry Morton. Um, I don't think he is uh, a world-class caliber uh, competitor like Mecha Wolf, but I think he's really starting to come into his own, especially with the skill persona. DKM, tell me why this match was awful. Uh. No, no, I'm not going to say it was awful. Okay. I think overall the match was okay. That's fair. Uh, Mecha Wolf was better in it. I do think that some of the weaknesses that we've pointed out about Kerry Morton before were kind of accentuated here. Yeah. Uh, again, he kind of got in shape for a while, but in this one he was, again, kind of flabby. You know, you you, you kind of saw the jello move as he was doing stuff. His strikes weren't very good or convincing. Uh, you know, they had a close up when he was uh, slapping uh, Mecha Wolf in the, you know, side and gut area and stuff like that and just didn't come across well to me. Uh, but, you know, the overall match was okay. You know, they just, it, he, he came across the screen. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. And I... What do, you, what do you think of his haircut? I know you just read the comment. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, I've never been a fan of his hair, but... Well... I think... A heel persona, which he wasn't quite a heel... Uh, I think the I think the crowd reacted to Mecha Wolf just because Mecha Wolf was kicking ass. Okay, that's fair. You know, and they don't really present heel faces, but I think they were. Uh, I, again, I've kind of tuned out the announcement, but it does seem like a. I do remember them talking about Ricky not being there, and then of course, the tag team partner shows up and looks to interfere and it backfires. And so, I mean, they were still presenting him as a face, even if the crowd had kind of turned against him. And I, I feel storyline wise, they blew a big opportunity here. It is obvious that Carrie is going heel at least everywhere other than the NWA. Right. And that can cover for his greenness. You know, Sugar Bear Harris kind of sucked as a wrestler. So what do you do with Sugar Bear Harris when you suck as a wrestler? You turn him into Kamala London Giant. And Kamala's he's this backwoods native that he, he's not supposed to be a good wrestler. That's why he splashes them when they're on their stomach and tries to pin them. He doesn't know any, really anything about what he's doing. <laughs> and so then, you you know, like finally talk him in, turning the guy over. And then, you know, he gets the pin because he's dominated them or whatever. And that's kind of the thing. Being green and not that, not that uh, seasoned in the ring. Well, that can be hidden by a punkish heel that you hate. You know, that that you'll pay money because you want to see somebody slap them. And I feel, okay, Ricky's not there. And 
the other guy's partner comes out. All right. You've just given Carrion out to lose. He's going to get fucked by the tag team. Uh, I'm sorry. That's an actual terminology they use in wrestling. Sure. You know, the, you know, he's not, he's not going to lose cleanly basically. So, you know, he has a chance to get worked over by the heel tag team and get pinned. And now he's mad. Where was his dad? Cause I think they said he had travel issues. Yeah, he missed the plane, apparently. Right, so whatever. And uh, uh, so you have this opportunity. So now Kerry has reason to be mad at his dad. The last time they met in tag team with his dad, you know, he was a little bit upset over the way things went. Now he's mad. Now he can be mad because dad's not there. And, you know, the other person did. So you have this thing. You know, Look, I don't necessarily need him turning on his dad in a Dominic Mysterio way. <laughs> uh, please, please, let's not do that. But you have these things that are set up. It would have been perfect for him to lose. It would have been understandable for him to lose. It would have advanced a storyline for him to lose. Instead, what we had is we had him coming out, everything being to his disadvantage, him getting beat up for however long the match went on and then winning with a knee strike. Yeah. Okay. I don't guess I need to see anything more from them, do I? <laughs> yeah. Well, we just lost Jaden, which is sad. No, because, not Jaden. Because we were going to talk about this upcoming uh, show that's happening on, excuse me, event. Yeah, I was about to lay into you, dude. Yeah, well, I caught it. I caught it. Uh, well, I mean, that was power, and that's that was the end of power. And obviously, we'll have some more matches coming up this Saturday for USA. Um, stay tuned to this this podcasting network when uh, when our pals, uh, uh, the other alliance guys, will talk about this week's USA. But uh, luckily, we got Jaden back because on. Uh, on March the 25th in rustic Glassboro, New Jersey, the biggest event of, of the month of March is happening right there in Glassboro as dog prevents beware of dog. Uh, Jane, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, big event that's coming uh, next week? Here's something. It's going to be exclusive. This is going to be the last event at the Maxfield Sports Center. So this is your last chance to see where dog has been dominating since 2019 and where we are home at the Max Fit Sports Center. There's the buildings being turned to a pot dispensary. <laughs> so you'll still be there. There'll be a lot of high flying for sure at that new building, but it won't be from dog pro wrestling. So make sure you are there to witness this last ever event at the Max Fit Sports Center, uh, two forty Delcy Drive South in beautiful stoned Glassboro, New Jersey. We got to weed out all the bad matches and only bring <laughs> you the good stuff. Well, then you better make sure Dave Dahl's not on the card. Yes, but still, it's going to be great professional wrestling action. You got. The World Wrestling Grand Prix Heavyweight Champion, Chris Steeler, defending 
against busky Eric Martin. I'm not sure what strain of uh, pot busky is, but he's, he's there. And it's going to be for the World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship. Chris Steeler cost Eric Martin his Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator Heavyweight Championship. So again, Eric Martin wants to go for a modicum of revenge and take that WWGP gold from Chris Steeler. This isn't just a championship match. It's personal. And I think uh, it would be apropos at the last ever event at the Max Fit Sports Center, located 240 Delcy Drive South in Glassboro, New Jersey, that the Glassboro native Eric Martin wins gold. So this right now, you could be witnessing history. Make sure you are there. Speaking of gold, there will be the new Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators heavyweight champion in Justin Adams. We'll be defending against Ty Thomas. The old school empire will be in action. You will see, if you're going to watch that Monster Factory uh, television show on Apple TV, you'll see from there, Goldie. Goldie also recently was been training down at the New Japan Dojo in uh, New Japan Strong in California. So you get to see him right now showing what he can do in a dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators ring. There's going to be seven great matches from top to bottom Plus, probably Dave Dahl will be wrestling. <laughs> so make sure you are there at the MaxFit Sports Center. It is the unofficial uh, Alliance Guys Fan Fest. Unfortunately, oh, DKM wanted too much money to appear, so we don't have him. But Or too many tacos. He's got to make something to make his butt hurt. Uh, still, it's got to make sure you're there to see... Not just the greatest wrestling promotion in all of South Jersey, number one wrestling promotion in all of South Jersey, but meet J.K.L. in person and uh, other Alliance guys. And I'll even be there, um, but I do charge for autographs. And uh, also for photos. Um, so that's going to do it for us uh, this week again. Uh, uh, Jane, I got to get some tickets from you, by the way. Um, They're already reserved I- for you and the guys. I already have them put aside. Awesome. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I'll be on a plane after next week's podcast. I'll be jumping on a plane and hopefully with, uh, you know, hey, hey, hopefully they don't screw me this time. Hey, hey you tricky little monkeys. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for us this week. I, I do appreciate you guys being here every Thursday with us on the podcast. Uh, if you do enjoy it, please give us a thumbs up, a like, subscribe, share it if you really enjoy it, uh, and leaving comments in the comment section, not just here in the live chat, but in the comment section really helps the page grow. Um, also, we're putting up a weekly shorts on Monday through Friday. I'm putting up a uh, content that I taped from Mexico, uh, content that I taped from Arizona. You'll see content that I taped from New Jersey, uh, even though Jaden just left. Uh, I'm sure uh, Dr. Zirconi won't have a problem with that. Uh, but, but that also helps the channel grow. Um, and if you really want to help support us, buying a t-shirt, buying some W, that really helps out. Those links are in the uh, bio. Um, DKM, if they want to follow you on the social media, how can they do that? At DKMFWTX, probably on all social media platforms I'm a part of. Don't annoy me. 
don't and don't annoy him because that's a big deal. But uh, we do appreciate you guys being here again. I'll be here Tuesday for the pre-party to get you set up for your NWA week. The other Alliance guys will be here on Wednesday to talk to you about uh, Power Surge, United Wrestling Network, and of course, Fantasy Booking. And then we'll be back here next Thursday to recap all the week's news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. But until then, we'll see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.